Well, good morning, church. As we move from Resurrection Sunday, the Easter season, to this Sunday, we still get to celebrate that he is alive. I was talking, um, or I shouldn't say talking, I was emailing back and forth with a friend of mine. He's a missionary in our uh, church, and he said, in reference to last Sunday, he said, it was so good to see Resurrection Sunday celebrated here in Wasyan. He goes, but in Russia, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Now, I don't fully understand this, but he said the translation for Sunday in Russia is Resurrection. So for them, Sunday, it's Resurrection Day. And so, I, again, I don't fully understand that full translation, but when he shared that with me, I thought, what a beautiful thing. For every Sunday, we had that recognized thought and, and love. It's like we walk in, it's like, he's still alive. He's risen. We had that same kind of energy that we do on Easter Sunday. What a beautiful thing, right? But here's the thing. We're going we're gonna to continue to move forward knowing that we serve a risen Savior and that he is alive and he's alive in us. And we're going to start a new series, and it sort of starts today. Today's sort of an intro uh, based on the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we basically have the work of the church. We have God's people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and they are sent out to share the good news all around the globe, basically. What you're going to hear when we get into this series is what God has commanded us to do, and you're going to hear the testimonies of those that God has called to do those things. Next week, for instance, we're going to have some of our students up here just for about three, four, maybe five minutes, taking the pressure off them, but some of them are going to share what they're doing on this summer's mission trip. We've not had a mission trip in this church in eight years. That's too long, church. So we're trying to correct that. This summer we have uh, 21 uh, students and leaders going out on a mission trip. They'll share more about that next week. And over then this uh, next month or two, you'll have a couple more missionaries sharing about how we are trying to be God's people, doing God's work in obedience to God's call. This morning, uh, we have a special speaker with us. And you may or may not know this if you're visiting. For those of you that are part of the church, you know this. When you give uh, your offerings to God, it's, it's an act of worship. And we put it in our blessings box. We don't have ushers with plates, but we put it in the blessings box. We take that money not just to make sure the lights come on on Sunday or that the air is working, but that money is also used to do ministry. 10% of it right away immediately just goes into mission work, and often above and beyond that. But some of that mission work is local, some of it is national, and some of it is international. We have missionaries in the Dominican Republic, and they are actually moving to Mexico. We have missionaries in Russia, and we have a missionary that is in Athens, Greece, which you're going to hear about here. He is one of our newest missionaries. His name is, his name is Dan Garropy, and Dan uh, actually grew up in this area. Uh, he and his wife, Amanda, uh, have actually visited the church before for Vacation Bible School. You'll probably mention that. I mean, it's still your thunder, but you can share more about that. Um, but they are getting ready to head overseas, and we as a church are going to come behind them and financially uh, work with them and help them and then also pray for them. But as a church, it'd be nice if you knew who our missionaries were, right, and how to pray for them. So this morning, I'm going to ask Dan if you would come forward. Dan is going to uh, take this morning's pulpit and, and share with you what he is planning to do and the need that is out there. And then he's going to give you the opportunity 
Uh, think about how maybe God's talking to you this morning as well. Dan, come on up here. And I'll pray for you before you leave us. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, again, this moment. I thank you for Dan and Amanda, for his family, for the calling that you have given them and the fact that they have listened and said, here we are, send us, and you are sending them. Heavenly Father, we just pray for their ministry and, and the impact that they uh, have had and what they're going to continue to have and the new uh, position that they're going to take. And, and uh, there's a lot of um, details, I'm sure, Lord, that uh, get in the way sometimes of just the sheer fact of they just want to share the good news. So, Lord, I pray that you will help them through every little detail that comes their way, that it will be smooth, and that the gospel will be shared clearly, and that lives will be impacted for eternity. Lord, I pray a blessing upon Dan now as he leads us and shares a message with us. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's an honor to be here this morning. Pastor Rex, thank you for the opportunity be here. Uh, Pastor Rex and I go back a few years. We've, uh, he was actually the youth pastor back in the days of, I think, what did we decide? Was it Wasian Evan? Uh, yeah, Wasian Evan, yeah. And uh, so he was the youth pastor, my uh, best friend. And so every so often I'd visit that youth group and, and we'd go. And, and I remember one time we actually went up to Michigan and I think we stayed in a hotel. I don't know if it was like New Year's Eve or something like that. And I'm like, man, like this guy, like will take a bunch of youth to a hotel out of state. Like that's really brave. Like I don't know if that's wisdom or not, but like we uh, we had a really good time. And I just I remember those times fondly. I remember uh, also going up to Yes FM. And uh, the way I remember it, it was there was a bunch of uh, there was a bunch of youth, and we went up there. And there's this competition of like how many people could could fit in a dumpster. And um, and so like. You know, I'm down here, like, you know, 25 people in the, in the youth group, and I'm looking up, and I think I remember, like, Pastor Rex jumping on the top of it. And uh, that's how I remember. He, he corrected me after service last time. He said, no, 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 Dan. It's, uh, it was actually a telephone booth, and uh, we were shoving students in there, and, and uh, we got second. He's not bitter, but they got second uh, because the other group had a little bit smaller people. Um, but uh, the... I remember that. It was just a, an amazing time. And, and so Pastor Rex has just been a, 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 an influence in my life for a while. And uh, just an honor to be here with you guys at the church that he leads. And, you know, you guys uh, have already influenced us in so many different ways. I know last summer our daughter uh, Elizabeth um, came here. And actually we have a... Um, I, I'll get to that in a second. But our, our daughter Elizabeth came and uh, she came to your VBS and who is who are my people that helped with VBS last year? Yeah, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. Um, because you, you sewed into our daughter, and 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 I remember uh, last summer, and even even now, we still hear Spark Studio songs. Uh, also, our three-year-old son, Mom, Dad, can we hear Spark Studio? Like from the back, and and um, just uh, those seeds are, are are being watered right now. So thank you for imparting that into her. Uh, also, last. Christmas time, I was able to play some piano. I'll play a little bit later, but played for your, your Christmas outreach to the community. You had invited a bunch of people in. You had dinner for them. You gave them gifts and just just loved on them. I remember your youth kind of serving. serving. It was just amazing to see youth just loving on people and serving people. And man, this is like, this is what it's about. This is what the kingdom's about, being a blessing and, and serving others and just sharing good news. And, and then even last 
few weeks ago, I guess it was, you had a, a, an event here on a Sunday night. It was like a, a worship event. And it wasn't your team necessarily leading. It was just several worship leaders and, and musicians from around the area just kind of tag-teaming in and out. And, and I just thought, like, man, like, so cool that this church has just opened their doors to, to just have people from around the community and be a blessing. And, and so uh, I just want to say, like, thank you. Like, it's well done. Like, it's, it's um, you're doing it. Like, that's awesome. So our, like you guys, like our family desires to be a blessing as well. And uh, this is my family here. My wife's in the back. Um, my wife, Amanda, and then our daughter, Elizabeth. She's eight years old. And our son, Judah, who's three years old. He's actually right back there in the, in the youth right now and uh, getting, I'm sure, learning about Jesus. But uh, we are uh, a family who loves Jesus and just want to kind of just do what he tells us to do and, and uh, we're the best we can. And so we've done different things. I've been involved with projects in Africa before and we've kind of served kind of midterm in Central America and in Belize and a couple other places. Uh, but now our next assignment is actually working over in Athens, Greece with uh, Muslim refugees. And so I know not everybody you know, always stays like what's go like abreast of what's actually going on in different parts of the world. You know, it's, there's so much going on, so much news. We can't always know what's happening everywhere. And so, you know, a few years ago, God gave me a picture of, of, of this um, kind of what's happening is that, you know, we kind of think about the story in the Bible where like the Israelites are called to take the city called Jericho and they march around it and, and uh, then they give a loud shout. And what happens? The walls fall down. Yeah, yeah, the walls fall. And they rush in and they take the city just like God told them to. And in, this, in much the same way, there's been people that have been living in walls for so long, for millennia even, uh, there in the Middle East. And God's, the walls have come down. But instead of rushing in, these people are rushing out, per se. And so they've been living under repressive regimes. They've been living in wartime countries. There's been earthquakes, diseases, all sorts of different things that they've been living with. And now the walls have come down and they're, they're, they're escaping and they're moving to freedom. Much like, you know, we kind of have a little bit of that, you know, on the southern border here, but this is a little bit different where they're leaving all these sorts of things and they're transiting via foot across many different countries to get to, like they mentioned, Turkey, uh, the country of Turkey. And then once they get to Turkey, they get on a, a raft and they basically take this two or three mile route across the sea at night to get to the closest Greek island they can. Because once they get to Greece, now they're, Europe, they're kind of a European problem per se. Um, and so they, um, they can get more help there. But they can't go back uh, because they've left so much and either they're... they're they can't go with it because they're political uh, refugees or because of the, 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 the war or they don't even have a home because they, their homes have been bombed out. So they can't go back. Turkey doesn't really want them. And then what also is a problem is Europe doesn't always uh, want them either. So they're kind of stuck in this kind of limbo sort of time. And what's amazing is that during this time, as they've been seeking to kind of find freedom from what they've been, you know, entangled with for so long, they're actually becoming aware and finding true freedom in Jesus Christ. And so um, they're not expecting it, but they're encountering it. And how, how they are is because Christians are there loving on them 
and they're blessing them. They're helping them get from one place to another. And, you know, the Bible tells us, like, they'll know we're Christians by our love, right? And so, um, and it's this kindness that they, it's, it's this kindness that the Christians are showing them. And we, we also know in the scripture, it says that it's his kindness that leads to repentance. And so these Christians are showing love and, and kindness to them. And these, these people, these Muslims, they're, they're like, why are they doing this? That, like, we know this, there's a God and we know it's not Allah, but like, here's these Christians, like we were told that they would hate us but like, they're the only ones really helping us. Like, what's going on here? And so um, I remember there's just uh, one story that, that uh, I've been blessed to, to kind of come across is that there was a family in, in uh, I think they were coming from Syria and they had gotten to Turkey. They're getting ready to cross the sea. It's that night, they board the raft. It's, you know, it's, over, it's overcrowded on this raft. They get there, they're crossing and it's just real silent because you don't want to alert the, the, the Navy and all the things, like you're just staying as quiet as you can. And then all of a sudden, a shriek comes from a mom. Ah. One of her, her children had fallen off. Her son had fallen off the raft. Could, couldn't be found. And so they circle the raft around. They can't find, uh, they can't find this, this child and it all seems lost. And the, the mom and the dad are just like over... Oh. Overkill. Like they, 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 can't, they can't even think about life without their son. They cry out, God, if you're there, please help us, help us. And a minute later, the son appears in the raft. He's back in the raft. And they're like, what just happened? What just happened? Like you, you, were, you were gone and now all of a sudden you're back. And he said, I was, I was sinking into the water. And then all of a sudden I saw a man in white start walking across the water and he reached down he pulled me out of the water and he put me back in the raft and the story continues they get to the shore and God had told this missionary to go down to the beach make a fire and just give the refugees some food just bless them so he did and uh, so as they're kind of warming themselves by the fire as they're getting some food the missionary opens his bible and he starts reading the scripture about Jesus walking on water out to his disciples and rescuing them. And these, their eyes got wide and they said, tell us about this man who walks on water because he just pulled our son out of the water and put us back in the raft. We want to know more about him. You know, they're hungry. They're hungry. Anytime we go through life seasons, life transitions, things, like we're, we're open to different things. And so they're so open. My wife and I were just there a couple uh about a, a few weeks ago. And uh, we went to a refugee camp and we took them some food and, you know, we kind of, with it, some other people, some other, an organization, we were blessing them with some food. And in a lot of countries, like they'll take, they say, thanks, and they walk away with your food. Um, but for them, they were like, you're not just, they, they stood, like they stood around for a while and you're not just going to give us food, right? Like we want to hear more about your God. We want to hear more. You're going to tell stories about the Bible too. Like, and so all the stuff that we kind of almost hear, like these refugees, these Muslims, they don't want to hear anything about uh, God or Jesus. Like, no, like God is working in their, in their lives in a special way. God's doing some amazing things. He's revealing himself through many different dreams, visions, and just miraculous things. And so as we go over there, we're going to be actually working with an organization called One Heart, that is led, excuse me, by an Iranian woman. And she, uh, 
she's actually a former refugee herself, and she has gone from refugee to now rescuing refugees. And that's how, that's how God works. He rescues us from those things, and he really almost gives us a ministry blessing, uh, blessing others that are going through similar things. And so um, we'll be coming beside that organization and helping them reach out to uh, Muslims there in Athens, Greece. And you know, this has kind of always been our heart. We've kind of served in different ways. My wife and I have always prayed that we'd be like a modern day Aquila and Priscilla. And uh, just if you know anything about Aquila and Priscilla, they're found in Acts and they're always mentioned together. They do ministry together. And they always intentionally put themselves in very strategic locations so that the gospel can be best shared through them. And so they start off in Jerusalem, and then the persecution kind of pushes, pushes them out. And then they end up going to Rome, and then eventually actually Athens. Um, and they choose different places, like I said, to make the biggest impact. And so as we uh, began to hear about this crisis, as we began to just be open to what God was saying, we, we saw just how amazing and how strategic the location of Athens is right now because God is bringing people out of countries like Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Northern Africa, Syria, Turkey, all these places that we hear about, the different regimes that are oppressing and killing. And, you know, there's war and there's earthquakes and there's just so much destruction. And these people are leaving everything, what little that they have behind, and they're moving out of those areas and, and hoping to start a new life somewhere else in Europe, whether it's England or France or uh, maybe even the U.S. But, uh, but what, again, like I said, they're not necessarily expecting that they're going to be finding new life. And what's amazing is they, as they find Jesus, as the Christians are sharing Jesus with them, they're getting excited about it. And now they start sharing Jesus back with their friends, with their families, all these people that they know back in these countries that most of us, we could not go to. We can't go as missionaries to Iran or Iraq. or It's just, they wouldn't permit it, nor would it be safe or anything like that. We couldn't be effective over there. But now these people are sharing the gospel back into those closed countries effectively because they know the language. They know the people. They, they know all that. And so it's, again, enlarging the impact of the gospel. And not only that, but once they finally get sort of the clear to move through Athens and go to their kind of final destination, many of them go into Europe, they're bringing this fresh wind, this fresh fire into Europe. A lot of these churches in Europe have just been kind of not fruitful for a long time, and they're bringing fresh fire, fresh wind into those churches. And so it's a very strategic place to be, uh, to be doing ministry because not only are you affecting those there living in Athens, but if you think about, uh, if you think about it geographically, we look at a map with Athens. To the south, you have those North African countries. To the southeast, you have kind of Middle East, Israel, Lebanon, Syria, all those countries. To the east, it's more the Stan countries, uh, you know, Kazakhstan, you know, former Soviet bloc countries, and then kind of the north and northwest are the Europe countries that are almost post-Christian, uh, if you want to call it that. So um, for us, moving and being strategically located kind of amidst all that is uh, it's just uh, we're really, really excited about that. And what's amazing is um, we get to basically go and use the things that God has already given us. On a practical level, my wife's a nurse, and she gets to go and work with One Heart and do medical clinics with refugees that are having uh, health issues that they can't really necessarily get help for because they're not within the system and they're kind of stuck between different places. So uh, One Heart kind of fills that gap. 
And then for me, I've worked with kids for a number of years. I teach, and so working with them, teaching uh, the Muslim children, working with them, doing English, and then also doing some sports camps and, and other projects that the organization is doing, some business things and some uh, other ministries I'll be able to help with them. But then I also play you know, piano professionally. I've been doing that for years, have some albums and stuff like that. You know, but uh, but uh, on a different note, there's a lot of Greek church planners that are trying to plant churches there in Greece. But the people, the Greeks, they're a little bit re, they're a little bit resistant sometimes to to the gospel. They say, "Look, like the Bible's written in Greek. Like we don't need we don't need we don't need God." Um, and it's just kind of funny. Um, but the Greek church planners have said, "Like, hey, would you just come play piano for us?" Because Greeks. Like, they won't come to church, but they will come out for music. And so it's just neat how, as we've begun to step into what God has called us into, he's using those different unique gifts and talents and things that we uh, have had for uh, a long time. And he's just kind of prepared that table for us. And uh, what's also really interesting is as, if we, as we get ready to go and as we've kind of been involved with ministry before, our, our kids get to see this lived out on a practical level. They see God come through. They get to see sort of lives changed. And, and uh, I know our daughter's just been, she was part of a, a time when we were ministering in Belize and we were praying for a man with, with legs and they were uneven. And uh, we started, we were praying for him. And as we were praying, you know, for a period of time, the legs started elongating and uh, they became, you know, level. And she's been part of that. She's just, been, and so she's seen God work in different ways. And I remember I was tucking into her into bed last week sometime. And, uh, you know, just those quiet moments you have with your kids, like those um, kind of right before they go to sleep. And, and she said, dad, I think like when I'm, when I'm like a little bit older, like when I'm 18, I'd like to be a missionary, maybe over to like China or something. And I've had some interaction with Chinese and Chinese students and things like that. And so it wasn't like out in left field. I was like, but why? Why China? And she said, do you know that map from Voice of Martyrs? I don't know if you guys are familiar with their organization, but they work with persecuted Christians around the world. And she said, you know that map? Like, China's the biggest and the darkest place. And, I, and, and, and as a dad, I'm just like, oh, like she's getting it. She's getting it. Like, wow, like God, you're doing stuff at such a young age. She's eight years old, but like she's catching it. And so like, just like we as Christians it's, it's our privilege. We are carrying that torch that, you know, every, from, from, from Christ on, you know, we're carrying that church torch through the millennia. And it's our turn to carry that torch. And it's our, it's our responsibility to light the torch for the next generation. And, um, and so um, we get to see that kind of taking place in our, in our daughter. And I know that, you know, for you guys too, like as, as a church, I've seen that in your DNA that like, that's your, that's, who you want to be as well and who you already are. And so um, I know that you guys want to pass that torch to, to your gen- next generation and to those around this community. And so, um, you know, this isn't necessarily all about us. I want to encourage you with a few thoughts on essentially living the missional life. What does that look like? How do we live a missional life in today's day and age? And so a few, a few thoughts, if you're taking notes, um, here, here, let's just uh, kind of hit a few of these here. Number one, it will use the gifts, talents, and passions God has already given you. He's not going to send you to Greece or send you to Africa or whatever. Like you don't have a desire. He's probably not going to do that. But he's, there are things inside of you that God has put there uniquely. He's blessed you. First Peter 4.10 tells us, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms. So whether that's like teaching, whether that's music, whatever that is, he's put that in you. And he's, he wants you to use it. 
you know, and, uh, you know, we think about, like, just Noah worked uh, on the ark and different, you know, just all these different people have different talents. That's what makes the world go around. But if, you know, many of you are kind of like, man, I don't even, I just, I just don't know what I'm good at. Like, God, I ask. Those people that, that know you and love you, hey, what am I good at? What do you see in my life? And they'll tell you. And you can probably ask them, like, hey, what, what am I not good at? Like, for me personally, like, I can, I can play the piano, but, like, I'm not the guy to go down on the mission trip and try to build something with you guys. Like, I will slow things down rather than kind of be a blessing and help that thing move forward. Um, but I, I just stay in that zone. And for you, you have gifts, you have talents. Well, how, how do I know? Because the God's word says he's given us each unique gifts, and he wants those to be used to be a blessing to the world. Number two, living a missional life. It will cost you something. It will cost you something. The word says, Luke 29, 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It doesn't mean like it's going to be hard every day. Like it's not, it's not like that. Like Jesus wants to live, us to live an abundant life. He wants, us to, he wants to, us to be blessed, to be a blessing. But there will be things that it costs us. It might take money. It might take resources. It might take time. It might take kind of laying something down. It might mean stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that he's put on your heart for a while. But it'll cost you something. Abraham had to move, move out of his homeland. You know, we see that in Scripture repeated over and over and over again, that this call into following Jesus requires something of us. Number three, it may take longer and look different than anticipated. It's not a straightforward journey. It may take longer. You know, we think about like life is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, like you see these pictures. I was talking about this with a, a racing uh, friend of mine. We sometimes run, you know, we run 5Ks or 10Ks or whatever. And, and uh, I was thinking like all these different people that run out of the gates like so fast. And then like 100 meters down the way, they're like, they're tanked. You know, and we kind of made a joke. At least like all the photographers are at, uh, photographers are at the front of the race. They're taking, you know, a picture at the beginning. So at least I'm, in, I'm on the newspaper. I'm in the front of the race at that point. But, you know, later on, they're just tanked. And uh, so we got to remember that it may take longer than, than anticipated. It may look a little bit different. God said his, his ways are different than our ways. His thoughts different than our thoughts. We just got to be open to that. We got to trust God that it may, it, it may just be different than what we, what we think originally. And I think, you know, even in Joseph's life, we think about Joseph and he has this vision like, man, like all this stuff is going to happen to me. It did. It just took a little bit longer. There was a pit in between. There was jail in between. There was persecution in between. Um, but God did it. God did it. And he will do that for you. He'll, he'll bring you uh, into the places that he's put in your heart as well. Number four, it will be bigger than you and it will involve others. If, you're, if, you're, if the thing that like you're thinking like, this is what God has called me to do, like, okay. But if it's, you're not thinking big enough if it, doesn't, it, if it doesn't require other people to help you. You're not thinking big enough. God, has put us together. He talks about that, that we in our body and you know, we're, we're made up of many parts. First Corinthians tells us about that. And so, you know, like we all need each other. It's like a puzzle. Everybody knows that analogy. We're a puzzle piece, you know, and if we're, all, if we're, if we're missing, how many people get frustrated when you have a puzzle and like you're missing a couple pieces? If you're not in there, like it's not, it's not working. Same thing, like the pieces hold each other in. We hold each other together. 
We hold each other together. You know, even Paul, like he needed Silas. He needed Timothy. He needed those churches behind him. You know, and I was even thinking the other day, like Paul wrote all these letters, but like he needed somebody to take that letter and go out and give it to the people, right? Like he couldn't leave the place he was. He needed other people, even Paul. So if it's what God has for you, it's going to be bigger than what you think, especially if you're thinking it's just about, it's only going to take you. No, no, God has huge things for you, but it's going to require working with other people because that's just how he's designed it. Number five, it will require perseverance. Like, Dan, I thought it was going to be encouraging. Like, yeah, it's like, it's encouraging, but you know, I think that's, that's the truth. Like, it's going to be hard sometimes. We can have to, the territory that we're called to take, there is going to be resistance. But Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, many of you guys might be kind of, have, have already stepped and you're kind of right there, kind of midstream. Like, it'll come. It'll come. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep persevering. I think about even Nehemiah. I mean, like he had the vision. He knew what he was supposed to do. But like they start building this wall and all of a sudden people start talking about him. They start concocting all these different plans against him. And he's, he's like, all right, like, cool. We're, we're going to keep building this thing no matter what because it's what God told us to do. And we're going to have a sword in one hand and we're going to have our tools in the other and we're going to do this. And that's, that's, that's the image of the church today in the 21st century. We need to have our sword in one hand and we need to have our tools in the other hand taking the ter- that territory that God has called us to take. And he's called all of us to take different territory. He's given us all unique, different gifts. And sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes we have to persevere. But God will do it. He, like he tells us, like, don't, don't, don't give up. Like, you're not, gonna, you're not laboring in vain. So I just want to encourage, I know there's, there's people out there right now, like, you know, like God, Dan, like, we've taken that step. We're, we're right in the middle of the water. I feel like it's, like, it's getting up here. God, will, he'll come through. Like he's, he's going to get you through it. But you just got to keep moving. Keep persevering. Number six, it will encourage and challenge others. And I think this, there's, there's kind of a direct uh, application to this and there's an indirect application to this. You know, um, we're not called just to do it. Uh, we mentioned earlier that, you know, it's not just about ourselves doing everything. It means working with other people. But uh, what I mean by this is that we're called um, to help and encourage other people. And so directly, it can mean like, man, Tom, I, I see this in you. I see, like, why are you not doing this? Like, you're gifted and you're talented at this. Like, let's go, let's get this going, let's get this thing done. We can directly encourage people. We can directly challenge, like, man, don't be fear. Don't be full of fear. Like, go, go after it. Go after it. Like, it can be that. Or it can be also challenging and encouraging the other people when we're just so focused. We've heard what God has told us to do, and we're doing it. And, like, we're just, like, there's fruit in it. Like, you know, God says, like, when we're doing those things, like, there's fruit in it. And you're just kind of putting your hand to the plow, and you're seeing things happen. And here's other people saying, like, man, like, do you see them over there? Like, they're doing this thing, and God is just doing amazing things. Like, if God's not a respecter person, if he does it for them, he'll do it for me. Like, I, man, they, they, I didn't see them reaching. I, like, their personality isn't like that, but, like, they're, but they're stepping over that. They're doing it. Like, I can do that, too. God will do that in my life. So we can, what we, when we live 
missionally, it'll encourage and it'll challenge other people to step out and live the mission of God in their own lives. And the last one, it will be worth it. It'll be worth it. Revelation twenty two twelve says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. We will be rewarded for our faithful service to God's mission in the world. In Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean like we're just out there doing, we're not just giving to get, we're not doing just to get. But that which God has called you to, man, like there's, there's good stuff coming if you just put your hand to it. And if you keep on going and keep on going and keep on trusting, there will be fruit and there will be rewards for. He promises that. We can trust him. We can trust him. We can take him at his, reward, at his word that there will be rewards for what we do and those sacrifices because he loves this world. Like he desires that none should perish, that all should have eternal life. He's come to, not to condemn the world, but to save his world through his son. And that's what we're doing with Muslims. That's what we're, 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 we've done in different, in different places. That's what you guys are doing in your community. And, you know, as, from on, a, on an individual level, I just want to encourage you, like, if, if you've seen God work, awesome. Believe him for more. Go to the next click. But get on that ladder because he has good plans for you, church. He has good plans. It's not just about my family going and doing this. It's about all of us doing and, and operating in the space that God has given us and, and taking the territory that he has for us to take. And so um, we kind of mentioned, Pastor Rex mentioned that I play piano. I'm going to play a, uh, play a song for you guys and just give you a couple minutes to reflect on this and, and just uh, give a, few, a couple questions. God, God, what are my talents? What are my gifts? God, what, what are you asking me to do? Like, what, what might I need to lay down? Who do you want me to serve with? Who can I encourage? Who can I build up? Who can I mentor? Man, if it takes longer, if it looks different, like, how, do, how, how should I persevere through that? Like, how do I encourage myself through that to, 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 to see myself to the other side? I just want to encourage you as I'm playing. I just pray that, you just be receptive to what God wants to speak to you and the image that he wants to give to you today of how he wants to use you to be a blessing in this community and around the world.
you know, as the worship team is coming up, there is a, a quote from a famous missionary named Jim, uh, Jim Elliott. And if you know about Jim Elliott, Jim Elliott was a, a missionary to some tribes in the Amazonian region. And uh, he ultimately ended up losing his life. They, they killed him um, for his faith. But then his wife ended up actually continuing to minister and to that tribe. And they all essentially began to accept Jesus over time. And uh, he had a quote that was, that went like this. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Another quote, when it comes, to die, time, when it comes time to die, make sure that all you have to do is die. Which means like we live our lives in such a way that we don't have regrets, that we're accomplishing all that God puts in our hearts to accomplish. So I just want to pray for you guys real fast. Father, I thank you for this body of Christ that loves you. Thank you, Lord, for each individual member, Lord. Their hearts are after you, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue to show them who they are in you, Lord. Show them the territory that you have for them to take, Lord. Show them their gifts and their talents, Lord. God, reveal that, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that their gifts and their talents, Lord, would be fanned into flame, Lord God. That they would have the boldness, Lord God, to, to step into what you have for them. Bless them, Father God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen. So as I end, I just want to encourage you to north. May you know the gifts and callings God has for you. May you step out into them. May you persevere through them, through all challenges. May you work with and encourage others along the way. And may you press on for the reward God has for you. May you live the mission of God in your lives. It'll be worth it. Amen.